Stephen Sully on the Stephen Sully study. We are con- we're continuing the study in 2020 by interviewing some key guests, anyone that fits the bill of entrepreneur, uh, who's an entrepreneur, business person, fitness, wellness, someone that's competing, a sports star, anyone that is basically a go-getter. So my next guest definitely fits the bill, a guy called Lee Phillips. Um, he, he has been on the front cover of Men's Health magazine 22 times. And on top of that, he's a firefighter. He's um, also uh, a model for Andy uh, Peters Modeling Agency. Um, he's been in GQ. He's been on uh, Vogue Italia. He's worked alongside Dolce Cabana, Prada, Calvin Klein. He's also brand ambassador for um, the Turf Games, um, he's also a brand ambassador for multiple different companies. The guy's a, a success. And the cool thing about him is he's over 40 now and he's still competing and he's still trying to uh, break records. He's actually got two world records for the ultimate uh, firefighter and also for CrossFit. And what I really like about him is, is just his winner's attitude. So I just felt it was important to get someone like him on my podcast and drill down into his life, find out how he got into being a fire uh, firefighter, how he pivoted into like being um, a model and also competing at a high level and just talk about any kind of challenges he's gone through. So I really hope you get value from this. I, I certainly feel that you will. And no doubt Lee's going to bring some, uh, some, some interesting points which everyone can learn from. Be happy, never content. Please enjoy the uh, episode. And if you're getting value from this, please subscribe, recommend me to a friend and family. Go onto YouTube as well. Uh, make a comment, like the posts, and uh, I'd like to hear from you. Thank you. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Stephen Sully Study. Hope you've been getting value from my podcast over the last year or so. Uh, I've got my next guest, actually, my first guest of 2020 to, to interview a guy called Lee Phillips. So thank you very much, brother, for coming on board. No problem, mate. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, we're part of the wellness company, Mimbo. So that covers mind, body, soul, soul, our, our spin on souls, nutrition. And I like to interview people that kind of tick those boxes. So someone who is kind of forward thinking, someone that's very driven, someone that might be an entrepreneur, someone that might be, you know, has got a vision for the future, someone that trains, someone's, you know, generally just healthy and fit and, and a go-getter. Mm. And when I spoke to a good friend of mine, who I believe you're a brand ambassador for, William Wood Watches, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny, yeah, yeah, good uh, guy, Johnny. Super guy. I've yeah. interviewed him and I love his story. And yeah. he's the type of person I want to get back on in a few years' time when he builds his company because I know he's on the right path. Um, he spoke very highly of you and he said, you're definitely a person we need to get on. Yeah. So, uh, again, thank you very, very much for... Uh, for um, coming aboard, no I'm going to jump straight into it because you got to leave in about an hour and a half because you've got your uh, fire duties. Yeah, I'm on a night shift tonight, mate. So <laughs> starting at eight okay. till nine thirty tomorrow morning. So how does a current fireman, but also someone that has been on the cover of Men's Health magazine twenty two times, ladies and gentlemen, um, talk to me about that balance? I mean, like it's almost like slightly superstardom is in some respects in like the sports and wellness um sector but then you're going out there fighting fires or or saving lives so um talk to me about talk talk to me about that kind of paradox um well yeah i was a firefighter first so i joined the fire service nearly 20 well yeah 20 years ago now so i've been a firefighter for 20 years 
Um, and that's what got me to move to London when I finished university. Um, and then when I was in London, I got approached by an agency and then got the casting for Men's Health and then obviously, then obviously got the cover and that's where the sort of the Men's Health came from after I'd been in London for about, it'd been here about five years. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So um, doing a little bit of research on you, I, I see it was a bit of a goal for you to be on Men's Health. Yeah, I'd always, you know, I've always, I've always done a lot of sports growing up and I was always into my training and fitness from as long as I can remember since I was a kid in school. So that, that guy on the cover of Men's Health, especially because at that age, there was no internet. So it was like a sort of a, an aspirational thing. And I always thought that'd be pretty cool to, you know, to be that guy. He's fit, he's healthy. And yeah, then to achieve it myself was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. So like 22 times then, is it, is it just, do they just keep on inviting you back or do you have to apply? How does that work? Um, no, so I, initially I went for a casting, you go for a casting and, and you have like a little interview <laughs> as well. Um, and then once I initially got that, that first one and uh, it, it sold pretty well, obviously they, they checked the, the sales, how, how the magazine sells and then I got invited back for a second and then it sort of built up, a, built up like a relationship with the magazine and get, got on well with those guys and then... Uh, they used me a few more times in the UK. Then they they sent sent me overseas, and I don't, I've done quite a few overseas ones as well. So it's just sort of like blossomed what, men's from health there. internationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. In yeah. which countries? Uh, I've done Poland, uh, Australia, South Africa, uh, Germany. Um, I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you know when you talk about sales, what just jumped for some reason jumped into my mind. Is it more men buying it or is it women buying it? Because is it basically soft porn for women? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, think it's, I don't know, maybe there's a few girls buy it, but uh, I think it's mostly guys. Yeah. Do you ever get like um, people hit you up on like social media or e even in the street when they recognise you or at tournaments? I, I want to talk to you about CrossFit and everything, at, like the um, turf games and stuff like yeah. that. But do it, does anyone ever stop you and ask you, ask you for tips or? Uh, don't not really on the street, but yeah, I get messages. You know, people. You know, <laughs> that's it's probably the most common one I get. How do you how do you get a body like that? How do you how do you achieve that level of fitness? And they they expect like a few sentences answered. It's it's a lot it's a lot longer answer than a couple of sentences. I've, I've been training, like I said, since I was sixteen when when I was doing sports, even younger than that. So it's it's been a, yeah, it wasn't like overnight. It was a long process of, of hard work before I got to that the actual photo shoot where I did the cover. It was yeah, years of hard hard work before that. How old was you when you first done done the shoot? Uh, I was thirty. Thirty. Yeah. And if you don't mind me asking how old are you now? I'm forty three. Forty three and yeah. you're still cracking on with it. Yeah, yeah, still where, doing it. Where, where was, when was the last time you was on the cover? Uh it was in Germany last year, yeah, so June last year. When people talk about age, fitness, your body, wellness, you know, whether you're going to let yourself go or not, yeah. would you? Would you say? Would you? I, I've got a view on it, but I want to get your view. Do you think age is just a number, or is there a time when you need to hang out? Not totally. I think you know, if you mentally, if you tell yourself, oh, "I'm too old," or "I can't do this," "I can't do that," then that's what will happen. But if you if you're still enjoying your training, uh, which I do, it's part of my life. You know, it's something I've always done. Um, I feel fitter now than I've ever been. So, yeah, I definitely think it's, it is just a number. Um, yeah. Totally. So, uh, I was also going to ask this as well. A lot of people would maybe look at someone like you or any athlete or any someone that's competing at a high level physically 
and say, uh, oh, that's a lot of discipline. Now, would you say it's discipline or would you say it's a complete lifestyle? Um, I think it's probably a bit of both. You know, maybe initially when I first started, it was it was discipline because you, yeah, you sort of, you have, well, not discipline, but it's consistency and routine. You have to get into a routine <laughs> and consistency and then it just become then it becomes part of your lifestyle because it's what you're used to doing and yeah and, and it's what you enjoy um it's what i enjoy anyway you know some people don't enjoy it but <laughs> for me i i love it and it's it's part of my lifestyle something I'll, I'll probably always always do yeah so you say consistency i know that's absolutely key in most mm-hmm. things in life so walk me through like a typical week how, how do you train um and do you set certain goals or if you know you're going to do an audition are you like kind of focus towards that and you're training in a certain way um not uh, specifically no I, my my training is pretty structured um if it fits around my shifts at the fire station um so i don't i'm not one of the i i'm pretty much i'm quite quite, quite fortunate i'm in shape all the time i don't have to sort of you know some people diet down for photo shoots i've never done that i'm been quite fortunate i've i hold my physique all sort of year, all year so um, yeah, like I said, my training is pretty constant. It changes sometimes when I'm competing in a competition. Obviously, you taper off towards the competition. Um, or if you like, after a competition, you might identify some weaknesses or whatever you need to address. So then you, you, you'll change your training to sort of hit those weaknesses. So, mm. Okay. Yeah. And is it mostly, I mean, I've seen, I've seen some of your achievements and there's different variations throughout the fire service that I've read up on, on yourself here nationally, but then internationally. So I want to just talk about that a little bit more. But is it mostly cardio you do, mostly weights, or is it a complete mix? Uh, it's a complete mix of both, yeah, yeah. Um, like being in the fire service, obviously you have to, you have to do a lot of strength training, um, but you also have to be uh, physically fit as you know, cardio side of it as well. So it's a mixture of both, and I do quite a lot of CrossFit. I train at a CrossFit gym, so obviously that's a mixture, a mixture of weights and cardio. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, with CrossFit, is, it, is that something you've always done? Because I know over the years, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, you know, shot up the um, the exposure of CrossFit. Yeah. I think thanks to Reebok, is it who, who've backed it? Yeah, they they were the spon- the initial sponsor. Yeah, headline partner. And it seems like so many people have just fallen in love with with it. I mean, I, I personally not really got involved mm. with it. I do a bit of boxing and. Um, yeah, my, my training is slightly different to that, but I can I can see there's so much passion that people have for CrossFit. So, yeah. how did you fall fall in into um, CrossFit? I've only sort of been training at a CrossFit gym, so to speak, for the last I don't know three four years. Okay, because all CrossFit is is a brand. You know what I mean? It, CrossFit is functional fitness. It's it's yeah, it's a variety of different styles of training put together um so yeah the cross crossfit is just a brand and i was i was always doing that type of training before i started training at the crossfit gym i was always mixing cardio with weights doing different sorts of circuits and things like that and so in a way i was doing crossfit but i wasn't actually doing it at at a crossfit crossfit gym okay and have you ever done any other like other sport like boxing or combat sports or let's say I, I know previously when you were younger, you played rugby, mm. I think, for the county. Yeah. And then yeah. also you played uh, basketball nationally. Yeah. So did you carry that on later on in life after university and stuff? I played rugby at university. And then when I finished university, um, I still still played rugby for a bit. <laughs> but as I got older, that's one thing I noticed about getting older. The, the injuries and the recovery t- took a lot longer. So I was that's 
initially, and that's why I actually got into CrossFit because I was look, I was still wanting to be competitive. I wanted to compete at something, but rugby was was quite hard and physically demanding in terms of the impacts. Um, and I was picking up quite a few injuries, so that's why I wanted to move away from rugby and and, and end up getting into CrossFit. Mm. So you're originally from South Wales, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, four brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the fourth. I've got three younger. Okay. Yeah. And um, are they always active as you, or what? What's their kind of? What's their yeah, kind of they're all pretty sporty. Uh, two of them are police officers, so yeah, they're in emergency services <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, and we're, we've always all been at the sports uh, growing up. Okay, because yeah. I know being 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 Welsh, I know rugby is a massive part of oh, your yeah. uh, of, of your culture. <laughs> So was it always kind of um, your destiny almost to go into rugby, certainly at an early age? Well, you play it in school, like in back in Wales. It's you don't play play football, you play rugby. Um, so everyone everyone plays it. it. Like you say, it's part of the culture there. It's yeah, it's it's, it's a national sport. So everyone yeah. everyone plays it at school growing up. And uh, did you do you, do you think um, did you ever ever had like a, a vision or a goal to become like pro? Um. Not really, because like when I was growing up, it wasn't professional. Okay, that's, that's how old I am. But uh, yeah, it was. It was only when I when I sort of got to the end of my school that it was it was turning professional. So um, I loved it, but I didn't realize at the time when I was a kid that you could make a living out of it. So yeah, um, I was just playing it for passion, really. Fitness, passion, yeah. and also to do a bit of socialising. Socialising, basically. Yeah. Some good um, rugby tours. <laughs> um, I've, uh, I've I've sort of picked picked boxing back up after six years. Um, I used to box for amateur club, and I've done some unlicensed stuff. And uh, the last fight I had uh, just before this one was six years ago for the Queensbury League. Right, it's quite a quite a good level. Um, some pros actually go to the Queensbury League before they go on. Mm-hmm. Don't know if you follow boxing too much. A little bit. Um, I like watching UFC. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, and I sort of watch a few bit of boxing, but I'm not like massively, massively into it. Okay. I don't know a lot about it. Well, what, what I was trying to get at is like, I've gone back into it to challenge myself. Also, mm. I, <clears throat> I believe it's nice to have like goals, like certainly, mm. certainly fitness and health, health and uh, wellness goals. And uh, boxing does it for me. But I've got an ultimate goal later on in life. Maybe when I've kind of not finished with business, but I've hit certain things in my business career where I want to try and get boxing back into schools. Right. Because I believe that um, knife crime is a big problem in London. Certainly, certainly in, in in the UK, but specifically in London. Yeah, you probably know this anyway, being yeah. in the fire service and emergency services. Mm. And um, I'm not saying boxing will eradicate it, but I do believe if they had something like boxing, where they get to respect each other, if they have a, a dispute, they can kind of do it in a controlled environment. And I believe it bonds people together. It, it's not actually violent what people think. But I also think, because I used to play rugby at school, I also think and feel that um, rugby is kind of similar because it's quite, there's a lot of impact and there's a lot of coming togetherness almost. I feel like you you build that bond. Would you would you kind of support oh, that? Oh yeah, definitely. Like you know the the, the fifteen or the fourteen other guys you you play with in your team. You know you go to war with those guys, and even though the, <coughs> the other team are obviously your enemy when you're when you're on the pitch and it does get physical and you know sometimes there are a few punches thrown as soon as the game's over everyone shakes hands you know um and has a beer afterwards um yeah. and it's it's not like 
sort of some other sports in that respect where people, you know, it's like football, for example, um, there's a lot of, it can be a lot of disrespect in football, can't it, towards mm. other players, not, not having a go at football, but or towards the referee. But in rugby, you know, the referee is, you always refer to him as sir. And there is that, that sort of respect there. Mm. Um, and I think that does teach kids, you know, it teaches kids a good, good lesson. Yeah. If they're playing that when they're growing up. So would you say like sports, specifically rugby and maybe even basketball, it's, it's kind of moulded your character, made you a bit confident and maybe it's giving you certain personality traits that other things just couldn't give you? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Um, I think that, that being in that team environment, you know, working for the team, I've always, and I've, since school, I've always been a, you know, a strong team player. I've always enjoyed team sports more than the individual uh, individual things. So, yeah, 100%. So going from uh, rugby to basketball, because they're completely different sports, yeah. how, how did that transition happen? Um, well, in South Wales, it's, it's quite like um, uh, a strong league of uh, basketball teams. And my stepdad, he was a coach. So it was through him, basically, I got into playing. Um, and then my, my, the, my brothers were playing as well. So... Um, yeah, it was basically through my stepdad I started playing. And what was the feeling like when you represented your country? Yeah, I was pretty proud. I was only young. I was like under 18, so it was it was like schoolboy level. But um, yeah, it was, it was a proud moment. Yeah. yeah. And you was at Leicester University. So what was you studying there? Um, I did I actually did a geology degree. All right. Yeah, something that I wasn't interested in um, at the time. It was it was a bit of a thing where I, I had to go to university. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Didn't really have it much good career advice at school, and I did. I, was, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. But all my friends were going to university, so I thought, right, I've got to go. I've got to study something. So I ended up going, and I did, I did geology, and I hated it. You hated <laughs> yeah. it. And how did you yeah. get on? It wasn't for me. I didn't even. I uh, didn't even get my degree in the end. How long did you stay in a university I was, for? I was there for four years, uh, and I made some made some <laughs> great friends who are, I'm still friends with now. But yeah, I was just studying the, something that wasn't that wasn't of interest to me yeah. so, so how did you go from doing that into being a firefighter um so i i finished uni um well <laughs> so to speak and then um i was actually working for a bank for a while um up in leicester and i always wanted to live in london and a friend of mine who i'd been at university with he was applying to the london fire brigade um, and he showed me that showed me about it, and I thought actually that sounds pretty good. I hated being stuck in an office behind a desk all day. I knew that wasn't for me, and I wanted to move to London, so I applied um, and went through the recruitment process. And yeah, for, fortunately, I got in first time and been doing it ever since. So um, I know there's fitness um, a criteria you need to go through. Mm. Is that something which is quite regular? They make you go through fitness tests all the time? They've just recently changed it, actually, because you used to have to pass a fitness test to get in, and then you just have to, you had a medical every three years, which um, they did, a, like a, it's called a chest step test. It's not, not di that difficult, but they've just reintroduced yearly fitness tests starting this year. So, um, because, yeah, some people weren't really maintaining their fitness <laughs> the, the, the standard that they yeah need. yeah um and uh, the reason why i asked you this question how tough is it i mean i believe i'm a fairly fit person yeah but until you get into an environment where you where you haven't actually been tested like that before it's, it's quite unknown so how how fit do you need to be to be a fireman um 
there's to be honest there's a there's a great variety of fitness levels in the fire service some guys are really fit and then some guys and girls aren't that, aren't that fit so you need to be fit you know what i mean because you can you can you can very quickly find yourself in situations where you might have to carry a partner out of out of a job um you know so or yeah all kinds of situations but I think some people have become a bit complacent because that doesn't happen every day. Um, people sort of don't don't maintain their fitness a lot in the fire service. So like I said, there's there's really fit guys and then there's not people that aren't so fit. So there's a, there is a big variety, and that's why I think they've introduced these new fitness tests to try and address that. Yeah. So you've gone. I take it you've gone into burning burning buildings. Yeah. And you've seen <laughs> you've seen it all. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean. Uh, it's a bit of a sensitive subject at the moment, but obviously there are things going on in Australia, which is horrendous. Where yeah. they've, you know, there's, um, you know, wildlife has been wiped out by the millions, mm. um, and I've seen five five people over there doing everything they can to to to, to kind of bring it to an end. Then obviously uh, a couple of years back we had Grenfell, and then over the years we've just seen some his, you know, her- horrific stuff which the fire brigade have put their life on the mm. line. I mean, when you see that kind of stuff on TV, I mean, how does that kind of kind of make you feel being a fire fire person? Yeah, obviously, I can relate to it because I've I've been in those situations. Um, maybe not the Australian ones because we don't get a lot of bushfires in mm. London. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, bring it brings back memories of instances I've attended, and you think it puts puts things in perspective. Mm. Mm. Yeah, is there any like scenarios if you don't mind talking about it where you've been in and you think that was a hairy moment or that was like a real scary moment for me yeah well I've been doing it for this This is my 20th year so it's you know it doesn't happen every day but yeah definitely I've been in incidents and it's not really at the time of the incident it's because the adrenaline's pumping then and you just you're doing your job you're doing what needs to be done and, yeah and it's almost like masking you yeah yeah it's, it's afterwards when you maybe when you come outside you take your mask off and you sit there for a minute and you think shit yeah that was that was close or you know it could have something else could have gone easy could have gone the other way yeah um, and uh, i mean have you lost any like friends due to it um no i was at a station where we had three of the guys on my watch get ended up getting quite badly burnt fortunately we didn't lose any of them but um yeah i've been i've been around situations where that has happened and obviously you do see it you know, fatalities again, not every day, but yeah, you see members of the public that have unfortunately not made it. Yeah. The uh, reason why I like to ask these questions again, even though they're quite sensitive, is because people like you in the, in a, in a, um, emergency services, what people don't appreciate is the mental toughness that you need. And that mental toughness, would you say that that kind of helps you and serves you in other aspects of your life? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know we've got a lot, a lot of support services in the fire in in the fire service. So any instance that members of our our crew or watch are injured, or any instance involving kids or mass casualties, then we've got counselling services and they contact us. So they're always there available for us if we want to go go and chat to them. Um, and I think you know so, some people don't really use those enough because sort of that macho image of oh yeah I'm a I'm a firefighter I can deal with it and whatever. And I think. Going and actually speaking to those people sometimes is the best thing you can do, and not not just bottle it up inside. Yeah. So uh, talking about you competing then inside the um, fire service. So I, I was reading there's a couple of, like different 
sort of pockets of, it seems like anyway, things that you've done for the fire service and rep represented them and also competed for them. So did I read right, you're a double world champion? Uh, yeah, yeah. For CrossFit and for the fire brigade? Uh, it's, it was called the Ultimate Firefighter Competition. So it. it was um, in LA in 2017. They had the World Police and Firefighter Games, which basically brings together police and firefighters, <coughs> prison officers from all over the world. It's like the Olympics for, for everyone. Um, so there's all different sports here, track and field, uh, rugby, soccer. It, um, yeah, it, pretty much like the Olympics, every different sport you can think of. And um, I can Bo Was it boxing in it? Yeah, it was boxing. Yeah, because I think I watched before on TV yeah. the fire brigade fight, uh, fighting the, the police officers. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So yeah, boxing, all different weights, judo, wrestling, <laughs> weightlifting, everything. Um, and I competed in the CrossFit competition and a competition called the Ultimate Firefighter, which basically is a, it's like a test. It's like a physical test of your firefighting skills. So it's running up towers, carrying equipment, dragging dummies out, um, boiling out hose, dragging the hose up, all, all different, anything you think of uh, that a firefighter doing his job, they, they make basically a course out of it. You do four different events and then you timed over each different event and yeah I managed to win that one and and the CrossFit on the same day no they were a couple of days apart it was the the, the competition was the actual event was over two weeks the games um but yeah the, the two competitions were a couple of days apart so when, when you're, you're you're eating your nutritional regime I mean you must be taking on the calories what kind of stuff are you eating um I eat generally whole food so I don't stay away from, I stay away from processed foods. So a lot of obviously fresh meats, chickens, fish, steak, um, sweet potatoes, veg. Um, I actually use a, a food prep company at the moment. So I tell them exactly how much carbs, protein, fats I want, and they deliver me meals specific to, to what I've requested. It just nice. saves, saves a lot of time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wicked. Um, so I also read that you also hold the record still over six six years still for the fitted fire fire uh, in firefighter individual. I don't even know. Uh, Lon London's right. fitted firefighter was That's it. it. Yeah, yeah. He'd been reading up with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, yeah. I mean, when you won these these uh, kind of world 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 titles, if you call it, yeah, and and also you're holding this record now for six years. I mean, that must the kudos that you must get from that, it, it must, it must feel pretty, pretty special. Yeah. It, it feels good, you know? Um, but I, yeah, I don't like to sort of dwell on it too much, but I, I like to still set myself other challenges. So I'm looking, looking forward to other competitions, but, um, yeah, no, it's good. Do you reckon you could beat your current, um, your, your current, like, uh, what you set, you know, your records? Uh, that's well that's always a goal yeah definitely, yeah definitely how important do you think it is as an individual sports or no sports how important do you think it is to set goals and have a vision for the future 100 percent. i think it's really important because otherwise you know how do you know where you're going it's yeah unless you like with training like you said earlier unless you've you've got something to train for then what are you doing what are you doing it for you're just sort of going into the gym or you you go on boxing and you're just going through the motions. I think even if it's even if your goal is just to be healthier um, and and have a he healthier lifestyle, I think yeah, it's really important to set goals. Um, so be being in a fire uh, fire brigade, <clears throat> doing all these competitions, winning trophies, setting records, 
And then I want to bring on to the next point, which is the modelling career. Yeah. I mean, so far, you sound like the real-life James Bond. I mean, I can't really see the difference. Yeah. If they were to ask you to be James Bond, would you do it? Because I think you fucking should. I don't know. I don't think they'd have a Welsh James Bond, would they? I don't know. They've been speaking about all kinds of new characters. Yeah. Um, so modelling, uh, and I just asked you before the camera was going, uh, Andy Peters? Yeah. He is your well. He, that's that's a modelling agency. Yeah, he's he's my my, my <coughs> agent, my manager. Yeah. Um, what's he like as a guy? He's a really really nice guy. Yeah, he's, we've actually become friends um, since I've been with his agency, and um, yeah, he's a really really nice guy. Very switched on. Because you wouldn't. I, I said I've. I said to my missus, no lie, probably about two weeks ago. I said this guy has not aged because <laughs> when I was a kid, about this big, he looked exactly mm. the same as he does today. And I remember looking and I said, does this guy, what's he drinking? Like, he, he's remained the same the whole entire time. But the thing that stands out for me, he's so upbeat all the time, so enthusiastic. Yeah. But I didn't realise he was such a astute businessman behind the scenes. Yeah, he's got a lot of other businesses that he, that he does. He's got, um, he manages a lot of rugby players, a lot of the England rugby players. Um, he does a lot of stuff behind the scenes with TV as well as his, his own presenting stuff. Okay. So, yeah, I, I still remember the phone call I got from him um, because, like you say, when, when I thought of Andy Peters, I thought of when I was growing up, him on TV, in, on children's TV. And yeah, then that was it. I, I got the phone call because he, he, he got, I did something for Men's Health. It was just a little thing. And he'd actually been on the cover of Men's Health himself. They did like um, a challenge thing with uh, a couple of celebrities. And he got in, well, he's always been at the gym himself and he got in really good shape and he made the cover. And that's where he got the idea to set up his agency from for, for sports models. So he got my number from Men's Health anyway and he, he called me and I missed the call. He left me a voicemail and he was like, hi Lee, it's um, Andy Peters. Um, I just want to have a chat with you about um, setting up this agency. And I thought it was a piss take. I thought it was one of the lads from work winding, winding me up and then, yeah, called him back. Met him for a coffee and yeah, the rest of this history sort of just went from there. And how long you been sort of uh, it, 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 like that relationship with him? That was was that I was like back two thousand and seven. Okay, maybe yeah, maybe a bit before that actually. So I know you've uh, worked for like Dolce Gabbana, Prada, Calvin Klein. I mean, going from men's health cover to that, I mean, you're you're living kind of what I wanted to do. <laughs> I've, I always wear Calvin Klein boxers because I pretend at night and I look at myself in the mirror that I'm a model. I'm joking. I'm not, but I am. Yeah, it, um, sounds, it sounds glamorous. <laughs> some, it's not, sometimes it's not, that, it's not that glamorous. But uh, Do you get yeah. gifted uh, some free garms and, and, and stuff? Yeah, occasionally. Occasionally you get a few bits and pieces. So uh, out of the three, Dolce Gabbana, Prada, Calvin Klein, who would you say is the best to work for? Um, no pressure. God. <laughs> I think they're all pretty good to work for. Yeah, yeah. Politicians, yeah. Are <laughs> sitting on the fence, here, aren't so, I? So, so how did you? How did you uh, get? A, how, so, so you're part of a modelling agency. Do they approach you, or does your your manager sort that out? How how's that work? Um, so Andy sorts all that out for me. He, um, yeah, all, all my all my sort of modelling work comes comes through him. He. Um, yeah, he sort he arranges everything for me. That's good. Sure and have you got any any other modelling stuff happening? Um, not at the moment. I've got nothing booked at the moment. Um, but it's often like short notice, especially some of the men's health stuff. They'll come in like a week before. Um, and so you've got to stay in kind of peak condition all the time. Yeah, because you can't yeah. have a fat Lee Phillips on the front cover. You can't <laughs> no, be eating burgers. You can't do much in a week if you've uh, let yourself go. So, so, but there's got to be a time where you know. I know you. 
obviously must be, you know, fascinated with, with developing yourself and becoming a better version of you and competing and training and stuff, which I am. But there are times when I think, you know what, I'm just going to eat some junk food. Yeah. I'm being real. Um, is there a time you do that or you just... Oh, yeah, totally. You yeah. know, I, I love chocolate. I love ice cream and stuff, but... I do eat it occasionally, but I just don't eat it every day, you know. And I don't, I don't think it's it's not healthy to say to yourself you're never going to eat that stuff because you've got to enjoy yourself. You know, life's too short. Um, and, and it's almost like an emotional outlet as well. Sometimes, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think you should use food as an emotional outlet, but I think you should enjoy yourself. And if uh, if you if you want to eat some chocolate or you want to have a burger and chips, you know, have mm. a burger and chips. It doesn't matter. Well, I've got to admit, when I feel a bit depleted sometimes, <laughs> I just crack on with the chocolate and yeah. I'm just like uh, and it actually that like, picks me back up yeah. uh, I don't know if it's a p- placebo effect or what or it's the amount of sugar in it but yeah um, and it doesn't matter you know if you're training hard you know it doesn't matter it's just, but if you eat it all the time you're feeding it every day and you're not training then that's that's when it becomes a problem goes back to what you said about consistency if yeah. you're consistent living right but then you have a couple of moments where you're not or you're consistently eating the wrong food you're going to get problems yeah totally so, um, so modelling. Um, so you're doing that, and then and then you, you're brand ambassadors for well, obviously William Wood watches. Yeah. Um, Maxi Muscle. I'm trying to remember fit, fit food. Fresh fitness food. That's it. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and then turf games. Yeah, turf games. Yeah. How do you fit all this stuff in? Uh, I like to be busy, so yeah, it's it's sometimes it's a bit of a juggling act. But um, at the fire station, I work two days, two nights. Um, and then we have four days off, so I get a bit of time, quite a bit of time where I'm, you know, I can fit other things in, or I can swap shifts with guys, or take some leave, and if something comes up on a day when I'm supposed to be working, so you know, I like to be busy. I don't like to just be sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. So. Do you know, like being being a, being a model, but then working for the fire service, and you're obviously around a lot of fellas. Do they do they have little like banner at you? Oh, of course, mate. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. <laughs> When I when I was on the cover for Men's Health the first time, I got the piss taken out. We we were doing a lecture, and there was a flip chart, and the officer taking the lecture was flipping through it, and then he flipped it over, and it was the cover was like stuck to the flip <laughs> chart. So yeah, I get the piss taken out of me, but it's it's all good fun. Good stuff. So the turf games, I don't know so much about it. So could you just for the audience, what what is that? Uh, yeah, so turf games, it's a it's like a functional fitness comp team competition. So we talked about CrossFit earlier, similar to CrossFit, you know, um, but it's more accessible. So it doesn't have a lot of the, the really complex movements that CrossFit has. Um, and yeah, we run competitions um, all over the world. We've got one in London next month. It's our winter festival. Um, we've got one in the U- UK in summer. And we've done competitions in New York, LA, um, Sydney. We've done two in Sydney and we've got one in Dubai in March. Good. Um, and I, I design all the workouts. I'm the head programmer, so I design all the workouts. Oh, do you? Yeah. Wicked. So what, what kind of things does it consist of then? So it's, um, again, it's cardio and weights. Um, so you might, so one of the workouts might be like, you might have a rowing machine and then you might have a couple of heavy D balls. And as a team, it's all about the tactics of how you, how you, you'd be given a set amount of work. And as a team, it's normally teams of five. It can be either all guys or girls or mixed, three guys, two girls. And it's how, and it's how you tackle that workout. You decide the tactics amongst your team. Um, and yeah. It's good. Crack on. Um, have you done things like uh, like the Tough Mudders and all, the, all those, the tough, is it a tough man, tough guy? I've never done Tough Mudder, no. No, I've never okay. done that. Okay. 
is it is it is it slightly? Uh, would you say like there's some s- similar things in 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 turf games and stuff as that? Uh, not really, because like, Tough Mudder is more of like an assault course, isn't it? I think from I've not done it, but from what I understand, it's more of an assault course. Turf, like turf games is is more of a a, comp- a competition. So we'll have like on the eighth, eighth of one one on the eighth of February, we've got we've got um, an elite category and an everyday category. So obviously the elites, the, the fittest guys, and then the everyday is is guys who like going to the gym, but they're not sort of at that elite level, but they want to go and have a have a workout with their mates. It's it's like it's like playing rugby but it's like that team mentality but you're competing in, in a in a sport yeah um so yeah we'll have we have five different arenas and each arena will have a different workout in so during the day each each team will work their way around the five arenas and uh, obviously get a score at the end we'll top up the scores we'll have a final and then we'll we'll crown like a, a champion at the end of it nice have you, uh, outside of uh, that and other things that you're doing, have you got any other businesses that you're focusing on or you're developing behind the scenes? Um, to be honest, yeah, Turf Games takes up a lot of my time at the moment. So I'm for- Are you a, an owner of that? Um, no, I'm not. No. Uh, a friend of mine, um, Andy, he was, he's the founder. Um, but I'm, like I say, I'm the head programmer, so I design all the workouts. So it does takes up quite a lot of my time. We've just got, un- well, not just got, last year we got Under Armour on board as our, as our headline partner. So... Um, yeah, it's great to have them on board, and it's, it's, this year hopefully we've got some exciting things planned. Yeah, amazing, and it allows you to, I guess, like you say, travel. Yeah, I love travelling, and yeah, what a better way to sort of see the world, just go to these these great places and do a bit of fitness. Yeah. So, so um, with your previous work as well, modelling, you must have done a bit of travelling as well. Yeah, fortunately, that's one of the perks of that job as well. You get to go to some pretty nice places. What's the best place you've been to? I love Cape Town. It's one of my yeah, one of my favourite places. Definitely. Why? Why? I just yeah, it's still a bit sort of not too many people know about it, and it's the food there is amazing. Steak, seafood, wine, um, scenery is unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's just a really beautiful place. Yeah. yeah. Any anywhere else that you would recommend travelling to? I'm yeah, a bit, I love. I think it's important for any anyone in, in life to go travelling because yeah. you see different cultures and see new things. Anywhere else that you feel like is is a good place to visit? Um, well, I've been recently. I, I was in Sydney. Sydney's again is one of my favourite cities. Such a such a cool place. And we came. I stopped in Bali on the way back, and that was interesting actually because first time I went to Bali was over ten years ago, and then to go back this year it was to see how much that place has changed. It's crazy because <laughs> everyone who's into fitness goes there. You know, yeah. but like ten years ago it was. It was half the size it was. Yeah, I bet. Um, so, goals for you in the next five or ten years, Lee? Where do you see yourself, or where would you like to be? Um, where would I like to be? <laughs> That's a million dollar question, <laughs> that isn't it? Uh, I don't know. It's just just um, doing what I'm doing, but maybe at uh, the, the next level. Um, Forty-two covers. Yeah. Well, you never know. <laughs> as long as they keep asking me back, I'll keep doing it. So I, I was going to ask actually, do they pay you for it? Yeah, yeah, you get paid. It, and every time you get on there, do you get paid more, or yeah, you get paid for every every shoot. So um, they might get well, they do get a lot of images per shoot, and they might use more than one image. So from one shoot, they might get two or three covers out of it. So you you get just get paid the one time, but um, it's not like it's not mega money, but it's. You, most guys would do it for free anyway. I'd probably do it for free. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it's yeah, it's, and it, it must. <clears throat> help build your profile anyway and that must 
uh, sort of dovetail into new opportunities because when you've got a platform like that, people must reach out to you all the time for different opportunities. Yeah, I think so. I think it gives you a bit of credibility. You know, you, you're working with a brand like Men's Health. It's a really well-established and well-respected brand. And to make it onto the cover, I think it shows you've put in a lot of, you know, hard work. Um, so, yeah, it does, it does open up other doors, which... Do you get uh, a lot of uh, women hit you up as well? <laughs> uh, you know, occasionally. I'm not saying it never happens. So. <laughs> but yeah, now and again. Fair enough. Um, I've got some quick questions here, Lee, before we wrap up. A uh, couple of yeah. things that the community asked me to ask you. Uh, I think I've covered some of these, but I just want to ask you this one. Uh, what led you to your decision to become a firefighter? Uh, like yeah, like I said earlier, it was uh, a friend of mine. After I finished university, I didn't know what I wanted to do. He was applying. I knew I wanted to live in London, and um, he showed me all about it. And so it's down to him, really. I got him to thank. Yeah, um, being a, a model then and working alongside Dolce Gabbana, Prada, Calvin Klein, as we said, and probably many other brands as well. Um, do you ever feel like pressure, stress, get get gets to you, or how would you like? Do you, do you feel it ever? Yeah, you, you, you're you know you're at a fairly high level, I would say. Would, um, do you ever do you ever feel like it overwhelms you? No, to be honest, not at all. Because for me, that 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 work isn't really work. It's I feel stressed when I'm in the fire situations. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because that's that is hard. But you know, putting on some clothes and walking down a catwalk for me is not <laughs> isn't stressful. But if you had to choose between a model. And a firefighter, which one and why? Um, I think firefighter because it's it is a very rewarding job. You know, when you when you go to work, you never know what's going to happen when you go to work. So that's what I like about it as well. I can go into work tonight. I don't. I haven't got a clue what's going to happen. It could be a quiet night, or we could be out doing all kinds of things. And when you do actually do something and you help someone, it is a, an immense amount of job satisfaction. And I think. That's why I love it and that's why I still do it because the pay's not good. It pays shit, you know. <clears throat> and I think that's why a lot of guys and girls do it is because of, because of that satisfaction of actually helping someone and feeling that you've made a difference. Yeah, the euphoria, especially if yeah. you save someone's life as well. Yeah, I mean, you, that must you, be incredible. You can't buy, you can't buy that feeling. Do you yeah. We've um, got another one here. What's a day in the life like for you? Anything specific, routines, anything that you do, um, like you wake up early, you eat a certain at a certain time? Yeah. What's a typical day? Typical day? Um, well, if, if I'm on a day shift, for example, I'll, I'll wake up, um, I'll train before work, so I'll, I'll get to the gym for like seven, I'll train till about eight, 8.30, then I'll head to work, start a day shift at 9.30, um, and that'll run till eight o'clock at night. Um, and yeah, pretty much once I'm once I'm finished at work, it's home, and I'm, I'm by that point I'm pretty knackered. <laughs> so it's I'm normally in bed for like ten o'clock every night. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, personal development. I'm a big believer of uh, lifelong uh, education, mm. reading books, listening to podcasts, being around the right people, going to seminars. I think it's very very important. Um, do you do any self development or anything that you read or listen to? Absolutely. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you there. I think it's you know. You're always improve, trying to improve yourself, and you know I love listening to podcasts. I don't read as much as I should, but um, I think because podcasts are now so easy to listen to, you know, people don't really read as much. But yeah, I'm I'm always trying to develop myself and learn new things. I don't think you ever stop learning. Yeah, and I've got the last one here. So as I mentioned to you earlier, um, 
your life does sound a bit like a like a, like a dream to, to a lot of people. And um, I mean, ticking so many of the cool boxes, um, being on the uh, front cover of Men's Health multiple times, being a firefighter, probably has some amazing experiences, traveling, being a model, competed at a high level in certain games, winning awards. Is there any times that you get like dark moments where you feel like, you know, you've had a setback or you feel slightly like, I don't know, not, not depressed, but do you ever get, do you ever get those moments? And if you do, how do you overcome them? Yeah, I think, so. I think everyone has those moments. Sometimes you have a bad day, do you know what I mean? Or things don't go right and, you know, yeah. Um, but I think you just got to think nothing lasts forever. That's, that's you know, it's, it's just a, it's just a blip or, you know, you just got to, yeah, no, it's, it's not going to last forever. And there's sunshine on the other side. <laughs> Focus beyond it. Yeah. But the last thing is my, um, catchphrase, my saying is be happy, never content. I've got my own reason why I say it, but if I were to ask you to tell the audience, what is your interpretation of be happy, never content? I think it's like we said earlier, you know, it's enjoy the moment, but always have those goals that you you want to strive for. So you're, you're happy in the moment, but you're not content because you want to achieve other things. So you're always looking forward to get those things, I think. Perfect. Lee, where can everyone find you? Um, Instagram, Lee Phillips 999. Um, that's the same on Twitter. Yeah, so either of those. If you want to know anything, just drop me a DM. Cool. Got any other um, uh, like engagements where people can find you or go to, I don't know, watch you compete or anything like that coming up over the next couple of weeks or months? Um, normally, Instagram's the main one I'll update. So, yeah, I've, like I said, we've got the Turf Games Winter Festival on the 8th of Feb. So, um, yeah, check out, check that out. Um, and yeah, check out my. Good Instagram. man. Thank you for coming on board. Thank you for sharing an insight to your life. And uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, Seeing you on a cover a couple more times, mate. No worries. Thanks. <laughs> Thank, Thank you very thanks much. Thanks for having me, mate. Cheers, bro. Nice to meet you.